and welcome back to Four Worlds Torah. Digging for treasures in the Torah, treasures that matter for our lives and for the world. I'm Rabbi Shoshana Lis. I am here gratefully with Rabbi Charna Rosenholtz, who's tuning in from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Rip Charna, how are you today? Uh, doing wonderful. It's uh, it's the day after Tisha B'Av, and I can already feel my heart and spirit beginning to lift and to search for the comfort that's possible. Wonderful. May it be so. Certainly we join you in that hope. So today we will be studying the second Torah portion of the book of Deuteronomy and building towards Rosh Hashanah, seven weeks away. Um, this is now a cycle of comfort, as Reb Charna said. Parshat Vait Hanan, and I plead, begins with Moshe's plea to enter the land. We will be focusing our study on chapter 4, verses 23 through 26 of Deuteronomy. We will be exploring how understanding happens and unfolds, human understanding of causes and conditions that are established early on in the creation of humanity and our ability to live safely and fulfilled in our land of promise. How the dance of fire and the harsh nature of truth can help us even through challenges, can help us mitigate the impact of our small mind consciousness, which has created harsh circumstances in our world today. This, this, is, a big, uh, this is a big day, this is a big moment, and it's hard to stretch to include all of what I just said, but I trust in our Torah to, as we've said before, lay out the challenges, very clearly for us, maybe not so clearly, which is why we study, and then also lay out the solutions. So let's look for both today. Rev. Turner, over to you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Before we dive into the sentences, I also want to add this. One of the most amazing things about this Parsha is it has the foundational principles for Hebrew wisdom, which turned into the religion called Judaism. We have in here the Shema and the Viahafta and the Ten Devarim, the recapitulation of the uh, Ten Commandments. Um, so many important concepts that are foundational. It was so hard to pick out the sentences with all of this rich territory. We chose these sentences really because they spell out something that's very difficult for us to reckon with, and that is consequences. What are causes and conditions that create harsh consequences? And so we really want to unpack, we'll start with verses 23 and 24. We want to unpack them to understand the wisdom inherent within this. It says in 23, um, cause yourself to kind of guard or take care for yourselves. Um, to really guard these words because you don't want to forget the breed, the covenant, which has been cut with you. It's very interesting that they use this word um, kind of for, for cutting, for something that's really been cut out. It's almost as if it has been engraved into our neural net, certain rules and laws that are followed 
will help create the best conditions for goodness to prevail. And how do you allow that what's been cut into our neural net to unfold when it's very difficult? It's very easy to not go for mochin gadlut, a big consciousness. It's very easy to have that small consciousness that what does this mean to me, my comfort, my ego? How do I pull myself up towards something aspirational beyond my understanding to lift me for my greatest growth. So God, you know, the text, Moses says, take care. God's telling us, lest we forget this covenant of the merciful principle of God coupled with the judgmental principle of God, Adonai Elohecha. Um, do not do idolatrous, small-minded things that take you out of your aspirational growth and possibility. This is what you're beginning being commanded to do and then we get this very difficult sentence because god your god the transcendent imminent the merciful judgment combined as one because we learned that god shema yisrael adonai eloheinu adonai echad adonai and elohim are one these are two attributes that must be combined we must have mercy and we must have judgment and then it tells us something about this God. It tells us two things. And these are not comfortable, my friends. It teaches us that Eish Ochla, God is a consuming, devouring fire. Wow. Whoo, that's intense. And then it says, who Eil Kana. God is a zealous God, but Mayam Loez translates this as God is demanding exclusive allegiance. Wow, a jealous, vengeful God with exclusive allegiance. Does that sound like an attractive thing to follow? So we <laughs> need to dig a little bit into that. What does that actually mean? Perhaps it means that there's a moral compass embedded into the sacred text that is saying, look, you're going to have a tendency to go in one direction, yet you have to lift yourself up to higher principles because there's this sense that God is the ultimate reality. God is this reality that has a fiery nature. And we say, well, we don't like that. I don't like that. There's, there's, there's other ways, maybe this, maybe that, yet this aspiration of this ethical monotheism, if we continue to pay attention to it and understand the nature of this fire and work with it instead of repel it, we might be able to contain this fire. For mm -hmm. me, when I say God is a consuming fire, what it means to me is this is a name that demands social justice. Um, because the, 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 because what do we learn? Adonai Elohechem Emet. God is truth. God is fire. Fire is passion. Fire creates, fire destroys. If I'm into social justice, which I am, and I know you all are too. I know you all are care and you want to see social justice prevail, but there is a fire that burns inside to demand that social justice. That fire 
that passion that is connected to God's will, because justice means equity for all. And so how do we work with this fire and see that that's what God is guiding us towards to understand that part of our nature and, and to be with that part of a nature, not in denial, but straight through the front door, trying to understand truth. If, mm. if you just indulge me with one last thing. Please go. I want to talk about this 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 demanding for allegiance and i want us to bring us towards this great um parable by rabban gamaliel who then speaks in the name of jeremiah um uh rabban gamaliel says um that god says you why do you choose lesser gods why would you leave me and worship wooden stone I am jealous of that only because I know that um, I want to lift you up. I want to lift you up. And if you are satisfying yourself with something lesser, I'm, I'm jealous because I want the best for you. God says through Jeremiah, you abandoned me, the source of living water to hew out broken cisterns which will not hold water why do you do this it's as if Gamaliel saying you know I'm a source of living water why wouldn't I be angry that you've left it would have been enough if you had found good cisterns but you found broken cisterns you pour in water on one side and it exudes from the other side you abandon me me here with this beautiful moral code to worship something lesser. I am jealous because I want you spin your wheels and hurt yourselves and each other. And I want to lift you up. It's not that I want to devour you with my fire. If you don't create the right boundaries for my living waters, it is going to hurt you. Wow. Uh, Rev Charna, I'm very moved. Um, and impassioned by your by your words, by the words of Torah, I spoke to you earlier about Nivuav prophecy and and that bringing bringing the words of a prophet and being the message of a prophet in these times is both necessary and dangerous because people don't want to hear the truth. It is hard. We shut down right and left. We make up stories and reasons and overwhelm and. I think of Sinead O'Connor who took the Pope's photo and tore it up and said, fight the true enemy on behalf of children who are being sexually abused and the clergy being covered up. And that's something we're fighting for right now in New York. Nothing compares to you. There is no other God, but the God who cares for children, no other cause worth fighting for no clergy more powerful than the protection of children. That is the truth. And we need to yell it along with Sinead O'Connor and even more so that she's not here to sing and to say those words. For example, you fired me up. We also need liturgy, as you pointed out, Adonai Lohechem Emet is a kind of almost a throwaway line when we finish the Ve'ahavta and we go into Michamocha, the song of our freedom, which is a, a call for justice that all should be free. 
But what's going to help us with that fight? Because God knows we need all the help we can get. That social justice, environmental justice, you fill in the blank justice, 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 we're soon going to hear. That phrase, as you, I want to slow down what you taught, connects the truth, Adonai Elohechem, and that your God is truth. Whatever is the truth here is our God. And when we can hold it with the help of community, with the water of community that nourishes and quenches our thirst and comforts us in, in, in water, then we can leave fired up and ready to change ourselves and the world. So maybe Shabbat is the container that we can seek for to let all this penetrate and then respond. I really like that. And I like the fact that you brought in Shabbat because Shabbat is a mechanism to, um, to stop time and to enter into connection and to bring up joy. And joy is, is waters us towards love. And we believe very strongly that God, that, that God needs the waters of our love to quench the fire of judgment. And Moses and God have this relationship back and forth. God's anger, Moses is standing up for the people, often mitigates. Moses' love of the people helps lower the fire of judgment. And so love, first of all, will A, always be the answer. Shabbat brings us into that joy. Oh, Shabbat's coming. Yay. And we need that. This dance of anger is important because we run away from anger. We run away from conflict, yet we also lose then the ability to work with various points of view to get to the point of connecting. We all remember the line, an enemy is somebody whose story you do not yet know. As soon as you know somebody's story, you make a connection. When you make that connection, the possibility to shift is possible. But let's go into the next lines. Let's go into 25 and 26 here. 25, when you beget children and children's children and you go in the land, should you wreak ruin and make a carved image in the form of anything and do what is ill in the eyes of God, your God, which will provoke God? This is why we get in, in, in a couple chapters later, teach your children. Um, I've got Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young in my head right now. Teach, teach them well. Um, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well. This is very much in our songs today, the sense of how we pass this door to door, generation to generation. Um, so what we have to be care very careful, what is it we're teaching our children? Are we teaching them uh, goodness? Are we teaching them uh, hate? Are we teaching them critical thinking? Are we teaching them principles that lift them up? Um, this is so, this is why education is so important. Then the I, next line. Oh, go ahead. Could I add that we have each of our children, well, we all have an inner child within us that's got a lot of feelings, right? So whether we're talking about our inner children or our physical children, the village's children, we've got a lot of fire energy to play with here and to dance with here. So I think education 
also is about whether it's Jewish spiritual or secular even is to help train our children to work with their inner fire and to direct it to a greater purpose and you know to know our own story not just the story of the other but to embrace our own fire and to quench our own thirst to access the water to work be able to work with those elements as they move out into the world that's beautiful that's beautiful you know i'd like to share with listeners here next week i'm starting a one year interim job as a school director for congregation bonish shalom a conservative shul here in Boulder and, you know, Bizrat Hashem with God's help, that a capacity to reflect a young person's spiritual nature, to light up that inner fire. Um, may I have the strength to do that. Thank you so much. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. So now with the next, you create. <laughs> thank you. That's so kind of you. So now here's the last line we want to look at. Um, and, and I just love this line. Um, well, I don't, I don't want to, I just want to stop there. I call as witness against you, upon you today, the heavens and the earth. And then here's what we hate, hate that you will perish. Yes, perish quickly from the land and be wiped out unless of course you follow this these these rules that are coming you know the 10 commandments the shema etc and, and the mechanisms of how to pray and so there's two things on here we quickly want to address the first one is that go ahead if you must and concentrate on the consequences and then you will be forever as far as i'm concerned on a hamster wheel of how could that God do that? Or you could jump off the hamster wheel and say, let me concentrate on the, if you do this, the causes to really bring your energy there and see what, what imaginative and love-filled actions come out of you. Don't look at the consequences, look at the conditions. Look at what is possible to create. That is our invitation here. One thing that verse gives to me, the other thing the verse gives to me is I will call as a witness heaven and earth. In this way, and this is somewhat a, 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 a pantheistic point of view, this sense that all is God, the heaven is God, the earth is God, I have God within me, and so I am a seamless continuum of heaven and earth, but heaven and earth stay steadfast as barometer, um, as a barometer of how we're doing. If the earth is my witness, then the earth will reflect to me how I'm doing with following these actions. So my question is, how are we doing? What is the earth saying to us if the earth is witnessing how we're doing? What are we not doing that's creating these conditions today? Are we continue to walk around confused and saying, I don't know how this is happening. 
Or are we going to say, wow, what are we doing to create these things? Because earth is witness as said by God, such powerful verses. Thank you. I, I just will perhaps bring us to a landing here. May we hold our inner fire, dedicate it to the greater fire of justice, truth, the ultimate reality of what is and what is possible. Perhaps the earthly is what is and the heavenly is what can be. And all of those are witnessing us. Both of those are witnessing us in every moment and every action. May we be held with the hope and the promise that it is not too late to turn around, to do tshuva, to shift direction. It only takes a tweaking sometimes, a shift of tone towards love. May it be so. May you find comfort. May you make peace with your inner truth. And may you have a relationship with your inner fire and always know how to mitigate that fire with love. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Shabbat shalom.